to the Unriveted podcast, where we talk about the intersections of digital transformation with technology, artificial intelligence, digital transformation, as I mentioned, but you know, the core part of all of this people. And with that, John, what are we going to talk about? All right. Thanks you, uh, Martin, for having me on again. I guess it wouldn't be the Unriveted podcast without the both of us, right? So um, we have another guest today. Uh, So we'd like to welcome uh, Mark November, uh, who is investor, board member, founder, accelerator, mentor, and founder of Venture Starters. I hope I didn't miss anything there, Mark, but uh, welcome to the podcast. And uh, maybe you'd like to give our listeners a little introduction about yourself and then and then we'll go from there. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a teenager. I've started a lot of companies. People know me more for things that I did in the 90s before I sort of became an angel investor in technology companies where I'm a little bit more behind the scenes. But in the 90s, I was one of the owners of a collectible trading card manufacturer. Um, I launched first Skybox, and then I was co-owner of the Donruss and Leaf uh, branded trading card company. We made baseball cards and entertainment cards. I was also known for a number of companies that I uh, co-owned that uh, provided services to Hollywood. We worked on The Lion King, Jurassic Park, all the Star Trek movies in the 90s, The Simpsons, a lot of really great entertainment product. We were more on the marketing and the licensing side. And I really liked licensing and understanding intellectual property rights. And that's kind of what got me more interested in technology. Even though I myself was not an innovator, I recognized the value of uh, technologies that had IP rights attached to them. And, since, and, and more recently, I'm, uh, I guess, um, the creator of Venture Starters. We're the largest online uh, community of startups and investors that meet every single week. We have over 10,000 people that are part of this community. I started it last August, and it's a way to basically hook up the founders that have amazing ideas with the investors and the teams that they need in order to get unstuck. This is excellent, amazing, Mark. The um, the reach that you've had in your career is amazing. I I can say I I was in the background of one or more of those movies uh, as a as a, a stand in, uh, and and I can appreciate uh, your segue through Hollywood. That's much uh, well traveled territory coming from that area and then coming into the tech world. Maybe you could share like the life cycle of of an entrepreneur that is just coming up with an idea for a business and the general process of how to get connected and fundraising. And, you know, there, there are some demarcations of success in the process, but success isn't just about fundraising. It's about building a a business. It's not easy to be an entrepreneur. And it seems to me that about 19 out of 20 fail over a period of time, give or take. Um, there are some things that you can do to improve your odds. And in my opinion, it goes back to the lessons I learned in Hollywood, which is somebody on your team or more than one person on the team needs to know the right people. It's sometimes more important who your team knows than what you know. If you raise the money because you know the right people, you can always buy 
the team you need if it's something you don't know or you're not technically skilled at every single part of it. The teams that struggle tend to be inventors that have built something amazing, but they have nothing else surrounding them but themselves and family and friends. And <clears throat> I watch a lot of those innovators eventually find a pain point which is so severe that they have to go and do something else and or end the venture, or they're so slow to get to market, the market changes and they miss their window, or something has already replaced everything that they thought was needed. The, and so there's they've obsoleted themselves because of how long it took them to basically move to the next level. So there's a, there's a number of things that are not controllable, including market timing and sometimes product fit in terms of competition, which you may or may not be aware of. But the things that you can control, I argue, uh, work on those things that uh, lead to having a team of people who know the right people and the odds of success skyrocket. If you're gonna sell something to Walmart and you don't have somebody on your team that knows the buyer of that category at Walmart, you're not really showing investors like me a pathway to revenues. You're hypothesizing what's gonna happen, but I can't mm -hmm. see the pathway. So find the team that shows the pathway to the investors of you know going from one point to another point. And that is as important, if not the most important part of your entrepreneurial journey is building the team that knows the right people. It makes life so much easier if you can call somebody who you personally know or somebody on your team personally knows from everything from, you know, whether they're the buyer, whether they happen to be an investor, whether they're an influencer, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is that you're going to eventually need, start to figure out that part of the equation, not just that you're filing for patents and that you're trying to um, get your IP protected. You would be shocked at the low percentage of patents that actually turn into money for people. It's not very high. <laughs> there, I have a bunch more advice, but I'll stop at that point because it's. <laughs> I could go on for an hour longer about my opinion on startup <laughs> founding. I, I, I watch every week uh, at least uh, 40 to 50 people pitch me at the Venture Starters events. And after, you know, some time of watching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people pitch me, I get it. I've formulated a bunch of opinions. So. <laughs> opinions, I will say that. Take, take what I say with a grain of salt. My wife <laughs> reminds me regularly I'm not always right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I got a, I got a follow up to that, Mark. So, you know, um, um, so thinking about what you said, uh, you know, a lot of it and really boils down to your network, the people, you know, what you're trying to build or develop product or service wise. And do you have inroads to those individuals or institutions or organizations that ultimately might be, say, your first client that might turn into your third or fourth or fifth client and so on. So for someone that maybe doesn't have a broad network and needs to kind of grow that based on the advice that you just gave, 
what are some of the advice or, or tools or tips uh, that you would say someone could use to meet those people uh, nowadays rather than, you know, obviously we have a lot more outlets right now. We have, you know, in-person, the internet, you didn't have in-person, you know, during the pandemic, I guess, but what are kind of some of the best methods that you've seen or maybe even used yourself to build connections with those people that might ultimately be part of your team or even part of your initial, um, you know, your initial clientele? Thank you for that question, because that's the, <laughs> the right question to be asking right now. So there's two. Mm -hmm. Well, let me just step back before I get to the answer. In April of last year, I was able to notice, at least in my world, a very significant change in the level of um, in, investor interest in, in investing in startups it started to go down mm -hmm. tremendously. And a lot can be attributed to um, Amazon and Google stock and other technology stocks tanking, literally dropping in half in value or you know 30 to 40% in value. And that really shook a lot of angel investors who for a number of years had been thinking, I'm gonna diversify my portfolio because it's getting big and it's all in the, these, you know, public stocks, but I'm going to also put some money into the startup world. Well, that all vanished as soon as the stock market started to show signs of, of crumbling and, um, and, and a lot of fear. So this is a, and I just saw a statistic sent to me this morning, which I won't cite because I don't remember the exact numbers, but this is the worst year for raising money than we've seen in a very, very long time. So the good news is there are still ways to, to raise money and there are good ways to build those networks. And one of them happens to be this community that I built called Venture Starters because it's free. I make this free to everybody to attend and free to pitch a two minute elevator pitch to our audience, which usually is around 200 to 300 people live and maybe 5,000 to 9,000 that watch a YouTube video replay of the events. And because it's a free networking event and everybody is there to network, there's usually five to 10 people who will reach out to each person who is not scared enough to um, do a two minute elevator pitch in front of 200 strangers on a Zoom meeting where you can see all these boxes of of faces, you know, all staring at you. But those that are brave enough to want to practice, I I allow people to come and practice that are new founders um, and also meet people who will help them in their categories or their industries because we have such a large community. We have people in almost every industry who will reach out that will at least be a, a, a stepping, a, a step forward to uh, um, having the right people in your life. Separate from that, for the companies that have some money and can afford to do what I typically do for all of my startups, and I do this for others right now. I, I mean, I have examples even just today, which are amazing examples of what's happening, but I like to buy ads on, well, first of all, LinkedIn is a necessity. If you're not on LinkedIn, you have to like really build up your LinkedIn ASAP. That's absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. You cannot be in the business world and not have a strong, impressive looking LinkedIn. 
the odds are against you if people can't go on LinkedIn and, and find you. You know, investors are going to look there first. And if they don't find you, that's red flag. You don't need red flags right now. Only the companies that have no red flags are getting funded. This is not the environment to try and play around with. You need to tighten up your impre the impressions people will have of you. So getting started on LinkedIn, absolutely necessity. But what I do is I buy ads in the jobs portal and I essentially recruit talent to startups. Now we don't have money for salaries, so we have to make it clear that there's only the opportunity to earn stock in these. But I'll give you an example of a robotic technology designed for hotels that I'm running an ad right this moment for a member of the board of directors. And we need that board member to either do one of two things, line up hotels that will buy this um, technology so we can scale the company mm -hmm. quickly this way, yet we're unknown and the technology still needs to get out there a little bit so that the industry will feel confident in its ability to do what we're saying it can do. Or we need somebody to join the board who with just phone calls to people they personally know will open up enough doors so we can raise two and a half million so we can hire the marketing team to basically go to the hotels and, the, and motels and, and hospitality resort owners and essentially show them our technology, how it's going to save them a ton of money and the guest experience is going to improve immensely. And so... I've ran ads for the last 20, 48 hours. Oh, no, not even. Started at 9 a.m. yesterday, and we're not, yeah. So we basically are about 36 hours. I've had almost 200 people apply um, doing, what, doing the ads through the jobs portal the way that I do. It does cost money. And then of the people who have applied so far, the pre, the um, one of the current board members for Wyndham, one of the largest hotel operators mm. in the world, has already applied to consider joining our board, and we received a, a um, an application from the previous uh, president of Kohler. Kohler sells bathroom products to hotels worldwide, and so they are. He already know this is somebody again who knows that industry because he spent seven years at the CEO role of Kohler, and then a whole bunch of other candidates as well. And the whole idea here is I'm going to eventually through, you know, this process of recruiting maybe three to 500 applicants, we will then take that funnel and find ourselves the one person, two, three or four people to join the startup team to help get them accelerated, to move forward with their personal connections. So, you know, if you can recruit somebody to your team who knows the right people, everything falls into place. It almost looks like it's you're lucky or it's magic, but it really isn't that. It's you have the people who can make those phone calls to, you know, make to make magic literally happen. So, you know, I like to say that if you're looking for investors, for example, you want to recruit a guy named, let's say, Bob, who's going to call a guy named Tom, and, the, and Bob's going to say to Tom, it was great when we got together with the wives in Vegas. That was a blast. Looking forward to doing that again next year. By the way, I think I'm going to join the board of this company. I'm going to send it over to you, and if you're interested, I'll set you up with the current founder so you can meet him, and I'd appreciate it if you'll put the first $5 million in. 
and or whatever the number is. And basically that kind of a conversation leads to people actually being interested in these startups because it's people investing in somebody they know. The idea that investors want to invest in a group of total strangers, it's not happening as much now as it might have in the past. So you need to, if you're a founder, think differently and avoid pitching total strangers and avoid getting yourself into beauty pageants unless you happen to be something where your company is really beautiful. But if you're sending your deck to a VC or an investor who's got a stack of them on their desk or in their computer, you're in a beauty pageant and you're trying to like win the eye of the investor that way. And then you got to have the best deck and the best everything. And quite frankly, the investments in these perfecting the decks and perfecting your business plans, they aren't really the right way to spend your time and energy that, you know, there's a lot of service providers that are going to say, hire me and I'll help you. And then you're going to just keep paying all these people and you'll never end up getting the result that you're really looking for because all they do is put you into beauty pageants. So you need to avoid being in the beauty pageant business and you got to avoid pitching total strangers. And that even includes pitching for buyers. You need to find people who know the right buyers or know the right people. If you need to build a tech company and you don't have all the tech team, you need to find the people who actually know what they're doing and attract them to your team. You know, that makes the most sense or at least form an alliance, get a, you know, get a contract with a company that actually knows what the heck they're doing with. You need to be able to connect all the dots and not just leave them as loose ends. And here's something else that I would say to all of the founders. If you're going to send me a deck and it's going to have pictures of five other people in it that have fancy titles. And when I ask you, are they full time working for the startup? And I find out they're really full time working for a very impressive other companies. What goes through my head is in order for me as the investor to get those people to actually stop what they're doing with a, a you know, an impressive company and go work for a startup. Usually we have to pay top dollar to get them to move over top dollar. That's the investor's money. We're not looking to see an all-star team of we're going to have to spend top dollar to get all these people. What we're looking for is a group of founders that have some sweat equity in this, that are that they're the equity stake that they have is the most important part of the equation. Maybe they need a base salary just to pay some bills, but I'm not looking to pull a guy out of IBM or a guy out of Tesla who I'm going to have to pay 300,000 bucks a year and we're a startup company. Those models don't work. So don't fill your decks with people who are going to be highly expensive and maybe not even ever full time just because you think it'll impress me to see those names with those pictures. I'd actually rather see just the people who are the founders, everybody else listed as an advisor, and then we can go and find some talent to fill in the rest. And if you're going to put a CFO in there because your accountant is your new CFO, forget that. I'd, ra I'd rather have you, I'd rather have you uh, recruit a CFO who personally knows investors so that you're getting somebody who's going to bring in somebody like the investor wants to hand their money to a somebody they know. Perfect if it's the CFO who's going to watch out for the investor's money, somebody they trust. So, you know, leave, leave these titles for recruitment campaigns 
if they aren't really solid already. We just don't need to see a group of friends for the sake of just making the decks look better. A lot of people will teach you that you have to do that, and they're going to charge you money to build your decks and make them all pretty and get all these pictures in the deck. But at the end of the day, me as an investor, I just want to know who's the core real team. The rest of these people are just advisors, friends of yours, you know, and, and, and address them properly. And here's another thing that's really important for you founders. If I ask you what business you're in and it takes you more than three sentences to explain it to me, you don't know your business and you shouldn't be pitching your business. You're about to tell me a long ass story and quite frankly, you're going to have to pay me for my time if you want me to be involved in looking at all this stuff. Tell me and if you if you can't articulate, oh, and here's another one. If you've got a co-founder or a few other founders and I ask the question to each person and they say something different, everybody has a different story of what the businesses you're in. That's a red flag. You guys all got to get on the same team. Memorize those two or three sentences. At least describe who you are and what you are in the most succinct, smartest way using really great words. Don't use a lot of abbreviated terms that I don't know. I don't know every industry. <laughs> don't start picking out, you know, all these terms that are, like I like I tell every founder, if you're going to pitch it to me, tell it to me like I'm your mother. And I don't know diddly squat about technology. Explain <laughs> to me how you're, what business you're in as if I'm mom and you're having to dummy down the words. That's the best way to actually start a conversation. And then you can find out if the investor actually knows your business. And then you can move into those terms and high tech stuff and get conversations. But take your investor along that you're pitching, you know, assuming that they don't know every single one of these. We're not impressed by all those acronyms and all those little things you're going to drop in there. We're just going to get so damn confused unless we already know what, you know, you're talking about. So you're going to lose us instantly. Anyways, as you can see, I have a bunch of opinions on this topic. <laughs> hey, 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 Mark! Mark, this is um, this has been fascinating. I, I, I could be facetious and say, "Hey, Mark, what are you really thinking?" But <laughs> this has been fabulous. Um, I think we'll 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 move towards a wrap here, and I think we may have to have you come back to really get into what you're thinking. And <laughs> on on behalf of the unriveted team here, John and I, this is very good, and. I would consider this a prerequisite video when we put it out there for everybody that jumps on venture starters before they start presenting to hear this uh, mm -hmm. as a prerequisite for your signup process. So we'll, we'll we'll give you that link and so you will be able to promote it. And so they'll come in prepared mentally and be successful. Does that sound oh, like a good idea? It does. I would just say for your listeners that don't know venture starters, go to venturestarters.com. Register to attend. It's free. Free, open to the public. Thank you very awesome. much for having me, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you.